For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hey, how are you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday night comic book chat. Um, as we walk our way through classic X-Men stories over the past, I guess, month and a half. On the line tonight, I have Brother Beavis. Say what's up, Brother Beavis. Hey, my humans. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> terrible. That's uh, terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, and it might have been a... a giveaway there and we have <laughs> Sam Man on the line tonight. What's going on, Sam Man? What's going on, y'all? I have no snappy comebacks whatsoever. Yes. Uh <laughs> if you didn't catch Brother Beavis's horrible Canadian accent there, <laughs> um we are going to talk about X Men issues number one thirty nine and one forty. But in addition to that, to tack on the back of that, we are going to talk about Alpha Flight which those two issues lead out of. Now, over the last month or so, we walked our way through the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix saga, talking about the Hellfire Club, Phoenix, uh, Proteus, Dark Phoenix, and the eventual death of Dream Gray last week. And our initial thought, if you listen to that podcast, was that we were going to move straight into Days of Future Past, which are issues, issues 141 and 142 of Uncanny. But as I was reading... Um, over the week, I was like, well, you know what? These are two kind of classic issues of X-Men that people skip over, and you get uh, a, a new costume for Wolverine, and you get the kind of reintroduction of Alpha Flight after they had been in an earlier ish, an earlier um, run of, of Uncanny. Um, so we're going to talk about 139 and 140, and we're going to talk about Alpha Flight. Um, if you are one of our Canadian fans and listeners... Um, <laughs> At a point, you may want to turn this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it be it's not going to be pretty. Uh, we are definitely <laughs> going to take some cheap shots against Canada, um, but primarily in the ver- in a version of love, or maybe not love of Alpha Flight. Um, so. Uh, Let's, so let's just get into it, uh, and it is us two, to, us three tonight. Uh, we always have at least a three-man booth. We're not sure if Big Hutch is going to join us on the call tonight. All right, so we'll, I'm going to jump to one, skip through 138 really quick before we get to this. Jean Grey has died. Cyclops is, you know, a man to himself at this point, and that's basically what 138 was. You know, kind of his history with the X-Men from the original team to the new team to the death of Jean Grey. And then Cyclops is going to go off on his own and take time away from the X-Men. It's not a very long time. He will be back. Uh, that about sum up 138, Brother Beavis? Yeah, it's all recap. It's like all scenes from previous issues. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So we they jump into like, one. That, that double episode was a lot of work. We need to take a week off or something. They, yeah. I mean, they, just, they literally got panels from previous books. Right. <laughs> And then 139, where it starts, and it is um, 
again, once again, Big Hutch not here for us to talk about Kitty Pride. Um, the issue is called Something Wicked This Way Comes. So we lose one original X-Man, but we pick up uh, uh, a new original but much whacker version of a new original <laughs> X-Man by picking up uh, Angel as he rejoins oh. the X-Man as Cyclops leaves. Um, very, very, he's so useless um, and will be useless for another four years until they turn him into Archangel. Um Mm. But yep. the scene book opens up with them in the danger room. Um, Angel is not very good at this because he hasn't been a hero for a while. And it just kind of goes into this whole scene where eventually he has to be rescued after pretty much taking the whole team apart. And Wolverine rips him essentially. They're like, you know, you, you haven't been doing this for a while. I mean, he gives him a little bit of a break. Like, hey, you know, you make some mistakes or whatever, but, you know, you got to get back into the groove of things. Um, you start to see more of Wolverine's um, uh, character here, or he's more to be more developed as well. And then you also see the new costume. Now, I remember seeing this originally. This is the first time this premieres, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I like the brown costume. I've always thought that they could, if they were going to do a movie version of the costume, since they can't put him in yellow and blue, the brown version would have worked out, you know, spectacularly. I always thought. Um, but mm-hmm. this really starts to become a Wolverine story as basically, you know, he has to tell Professor Xavier that he has to go back to Canada to take care of some business, you know, from the time that Alpha Flight came and attacked him, um, I guess almost maybe 10 or 15 issues ago. How long, what issue was that? It was 109. 109. Okay. So it was a while uh-huh. when they introduced yeah, yeah. Um, Alpha Flight into, into yeah, the Guardian. Yeah. Right. But he wasn't Guardian then though, wasn't he? Was it Vindicator, was, was Vindicator first or was it Guardian? I was getting He's Vindicator, and then he takes the name of Guardian. And then when he dies, ah. Heather takes the name Vindicator. Right. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's why it's very confusing. Very confusing. Yeah. Yes. Um, but in the interim, before he goes to Canada, um, we get a Kitty Pride scene. Yay, Kitty's back, uh, who had pretty much <laughs> taken off the entire... Uh, latter part of the Phoenix saga, um, you know, once they get back to New York and once the Hellfire Club start, all that stuff starts in New York, she disappears from the book and then she comes back in now here. Um, uh, yeah. She's awful still. It, nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that stood out to me, uh, you know, Big Hatch has ascribed the person of color monocle to, uh, to Nightcrawler. And they, oh, yeah. they go over and over about how uh, Kitty's always afraid when she sees Nightcrawler. And yeah. so that's yeah. some interesting parallels there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that. They overplay uh, that. Well, yeah, there's that. You, I thought you were going to go to the much more obvious one. Hey, uh, Nightcrawler, go fetch us some lemonade. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's a disturbing little thing. Yeah, yeah go fetch us some lemonade. I've got lemonade and cookies for everybody, sir. Thank y'all for letting <laughs> me stay and join on the team. I'm going to rip Nightcrawler oh, a little bit here soon, too. Um, and, of course, he gets a beer for Wolverine. But, yeah, so they have to give her her her, neck, her nickname uh, to see, you know, who she's going to be. Um, and it's terrible. 
Um, <laughs> is it Sprite, it's isn't it? Or is it Ariel or whatever? That no, I think she goes to um, Sprite. Uh, Professor yeah, X yeah. offers up Ariel, and she's like, uh, "Oh, yeah." He says, no. "You said Ariel." Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah she, I'm reading it right here. And then Storm yeah, suggests she, Sprite. Yeah. yeah, and she does come back to Sprite though at some point, right? No, well, yeah, so she she says no, he Ariel. offers Ariel, and she says no, and then they say Sprite. And, but the okay. funny thing is, they like they pretty much call her Kitty or some variation thereof. Yeah, for her entire yeah. yeah, Kitty or Kitten forever. Yeah. That's all they ever call it. Even right. when they she was Shadow Cat, it was mainly Kitty. So ironically, I just looked it up. So Ariel is of Hebrew descent. It's typically a boy's name, just meaning the Lion of God. So and she is Jewish. and she is Jewish. Yes. But so that's sort of like uh, you you kind of got close, but you kind of screwed it up. I don't know. That's, there's other meanings or whatever. But side brother note. So the side brother note wasn't. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, side brother note. Um. Okay. So they clearly did their due diligence in researching that part of her Jewish history or whatever to throw that name out there. That's, Stands the record, unless one of them is Jewish, and it's fair to say that John Byrne is definitely well, not. There's so, also the Shakespeare reference as well. Right. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, so they did They did their due diligence in terms of his, you know, looking up that or researching yeah. that part of it. Yeah. Then yeah. They, for the black characters, they don't do that at all. <laughs> they just find what if the... It's like black plus whatever attribute we want to describe. Yes, yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's that Dave Chappelle. It's that Dave Chappelle joke. Right, you got Rob, huh? All right. Uh, black, uh, big nose, big lip, dick, hanging out, hanging out. Say no more, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I can draw him from memory. You know. So it's it's that it's you know. So they just kind of assign whatever attributes that they feel that are necessary for any black character. So I mean, it is what it is. Anyway, she makes a tab joke, which is awful, too, by the way. Yes. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. so cheers. And then, you know, they decide that Wolverine, if he's going back to Canada, he needs a, a handler. Uh, so they send his manservant with him uh, <laughs> to go carry his bag. Black porter. Exactly. Y'all think I'm making this stuff up. You know, they send the porter with him, and, you know, he heads back to Canada. Uh, you know, but there's another cut scene, too. Where and, and, and we're probably going to skip over wherever this part of the story comes to. You're going to help me fill fill this out for me about you know now that Kitty has to have a hobby, not just being an X Man. She that's not enough. She has to have a hobby. So they kind of put her back uh-huh. in dance, and they go meet. I think was that something what or something Hunter? Is it Misty Hunter? No, Stevie Stevie Hunter. Stevie Hunter. Uh, no, Stevie something Hunter, happens yeah. with her, right? Doesn't something happen with Stevie Hunter later? Well, I think she yep. becomes more prominent with the New Mutants. Okay. So she she's okay. more involved with them. I think that's where most of her story pans out. Okay. I don't yeah. I don't think she is I don't think anything particular happens to her, but Okay. Hard to turn her of the internet here. Yeah. They didn't turn her evil right. or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, and there's this weird <laughs> kind of jealous relationship that yeah. Storm has <laughs> with Stevie. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like who's what are you talking yeah. about? What, what, there's that version of it. <laughs> But also, who's going to mammy her up the most, essentially, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody got to take care of this white girl. Might as well be me. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of right, weird, right. again, when you read it now as opposed to then. Uh, so, 
uh, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and again, now we transition back to Canada. Um, y'all know my affinity for redheaded comic book characters. Um, I have never mm-hmm. had anything for Heather McDonald, man. She's awful. No. Maybe it's it could but, be the it could be the glasses, brother Beavis. Yeah, I mean, so they on the one hand, they'll put like like the boots or the socks and the skirt or something. But yeah, the glasses and the ponytail. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always kind of because and you'll see this when we get to Alpha Flight. I've kind of always like Burn is all forever drawing versions of himself into books, mm-hmm. and so I've always kind of attributed mm-hmm. like Heather as essentially his female version of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about I, that, but that's probably just another case of like uh, Wolverine's pushing up on somebody's redheaded spouse. I mean, that's oh, yeah, one and, of his yeah, superpowers. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah, does. No joke. He, yeah, he does tend to um, prefer the the redheaded spouses of other, of his friends and teammates. Um, so yeah, he meets <laughs> back with Heather. I don't know if she was going to beat these people up with a broom, and then we get Logan introduced as Logan as his real first name, which is a. a something that we'd never seen or heard before uh, up to this point. And, you know, we have to go through, and again, there's a little scene there with Kurt, you know, <laughs> bowing down as, yeah. as the butler here. Uh, uh, How do y'all not see, why am I have to be the one to point these things out, man? It was so obvious sometimes. <laughs> um, but anywho, uh, so yes, he explains why he's back and, you know, something's going on in Canada now. Again, our Canadian friends, I'm going to take cheap, stereotypical pot shots at you. I I apologize in advance. You know, something's happening in Canada. I don't know what could be happening because there's only like 35 of y'all there. But <laughs> something's happening in Canada. Uh, a guardian or vindicator is out, you know, kind of searching it. And then we do get a lot of, um, uh, and we'll get to this one, Alpha Flight 2. We do get a lot of the stuff with um, uh, uh, the the... Ah, what's his name? What's his code name? The Indian Doctor? Shaman. Shaman. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 There's a lot of Apache Chief. Oh, God. Well, but care. that would have been just as typical or stereotypical. There's a lot of Tonto in him, even though he's a doctor or whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sniff ground. Did you know man. that he's a Sarsi Indian? Did you know that? I did not. Well, I, I don't know, know how. Sarsi because that's like, he, that's like one of his things. Like, every time they mention him, like... Oh, here it is on, you know, Waiting Vindicator at their base camp. Two teammates, Dr. Michael Tuyuman, a Sarsi Indian physician. Incorporating <laughs> and then, right. like, seconds later when he transforms into Shaman, mm. uh, magically transforming himself into the Sarsi medicine man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you get into the Alpha Flight proper, they drop that at least twice a book, too. Well, and this is a jump ahead, too, reading those books. Uh, hardly anybody talks. It's all thought boxes and uh, plot boxes. Yeah. I mean, galore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. And that's why it was one of the things somebody, and I think you saw it on Facebook too, Sam, man. Uh, shout out to Mark. Uh, I can't remember his last name or whatever, but he's like, he couldn't, yeah. it wasn't that bad. I'm like, he needed a co plotter <laughs> in the worst way. Um, like yeah, he I needed that, somebody yeah. to. Uh, to kind of rein him in a little bit on, on the plots of these stories. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wolverine makes his appearance. Uh, and uh, Let's ta- let's start to take the car- current versions of the characters here in Alpha Flight uh, in this book, and then we'll deal with the rest of them as they come up. What's your thoughts on Shaman? And we need to pull up his Marvel card, too. 
Um, <laughs> oh, God. I would have a hard time remembering what his well, I know is. he has one because I remember, because, well, he's not in this book, but, yeah, I, I remember, like, having Sasquatch, uh, I think, in the Marvel card game. So I think there was a half of flight module. I don't know if they made yeah, the supplements, but there was for sure a module. Right. Well, well I, mean, I, I know like his it. card was, I'm sure he had, like, um, I'm sure his he had less than 60 health, but mm-hmm. you know, like this is a guy where mm-hmm. in theory he can do anything with his with his medicine pouch. But that doesn't bag, translate yeah. to the game. Like the, mm-hmm. he's literally like limitless power, but right. that doesn't translate to the game. Sure. And, and he becomes there whatever they need in the story. He's there yeah. for that. Right. Pretty much. He's yeah. the wizard. Yeah, he's the wizard in Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it's like, I got <laughs> yeah, a potion yeah, for yeah, that. Literally. You know, okay, yeah, we need somebody to knock that wall down. I got a potion for that. Yeah. Um, so, and then I like Snowbird. I always thought that was a, I thought it was a fairly cool character. And this is, this, and <laughs> yeah. it seems like we're ripping this book, but like the end of this story with Wendigo is actually very good. Um, That's why I wanted to pause mm-hmm. on these two issues. Um, you didn't like Snowbird, Brother Beavis? Well, the thing is, like, look how similar her design is the storm first of all yeah. like she's got the same yeah. kind of style she's a goddess mm-hmm. but like if you're familiar with the game champ did you play sam did you play champions yeah not much but a little bit but you know like you, when you build your character you had to assign disadvantages so right she has she can't leave canada she has a jo- oh, she really? has a day job and dependent NPCs. Yeah. When she changes into her animal form, she assumes the mentality of the animal. Like she bought oh. all her powers on straight credit. Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> like she has so many she's like a goddess, but yeah, but I can't leave Canada. I don't do that shit. You know, it's, yeah. And that's where it kills me is we'll we'll get into more of this, but like the character like to me, the the initial run of Alpha Flight was like there was no world building. It was all like building on just building up the characters. And like to me, so much of the like the appearance is borrowed from other characters and their yeah. powers or whatever. But then it's mm-hmm. just all about how flawed they are and oh yeah. how flawed. They yeah, are. yeah, they're yeah. they're a they're a bunch, but yeah, you uh, just don't care about it. Yeah. Okay, and then we can get to Vindicator here. And I've never liked James Hudson. Uh, he's whiny. They gave him all the negative attributes of Cyclops without <laughs> any <laughs> leadership ability. That's bad they, right there. Man. And they're That's like, you're really our bad. Captain America. I'm like, yeah. 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 They made him, They actually, he is almost the current version of Cyclops just without the evil. Like yeah. with all the angst and all the worries. But with no leadership <laughs> abilities whatsoever. He has like no confidence either. I mean, right. I love the character yeah. design. I think I might yeah. be a sucker for yeah. like flag themed heroes because yeah. I like mm. Union Jack. And yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, it's a tight, it's a tight looking outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like I like it too. But yeah, he's terrible. He's not. He has no like the suit is the power. He's not a mutant like many of the other people in the, no, in the Alpha Flight. And he's a low grade Iron Man. Yeah, and he has no no leadership abilities to be how he got in charge of the team. It just makes no sense. The shaman should have been the person in charge of the team, but, you know, the oh minority. Mm, I just, well, yeah, I just flipped the page. Which one? Oh. oh. 
Nightcrawler busted out some coon face on the next yeah, Of course he did, sir. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I got my notes. So anyway, so Wolverine <laughs> sneaks into the cabin, and they're like, oh, you know, something's happening. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, they kind of recap or go back to what happened when they tried to bring him in in 109. And then uh, Snowbird sneaks up on Nightcrawler. And we do get a a, a coon face, a straight buck. <laughs> Yikes! Hair raised up in there. Yeah, yeah. come on. He, he looks like a groovy ghoulie in that damn in that panel right there. He looked like Drax. Somebody exactly. And again, he is a mutant who has fought against some fairly powerful people, but mm-hmm. a polar bear scared him. Come on, man. <laughs> And of course, well, it, was white, a, it was a white, it is a white polar bear. Polar bear. <laughs> wow! Now you're learning the steps to this dance, brother Peter. <laughs> so, uh, all right, with yeah. bears, but a white yeah. bear, Some but white bear, would have been a black bear. We'd have been straight. I'd have dapped him up. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So yeah. they come in there. Something's happening in Canada again. You know, thirty people must have seen something, and. They go to the story of the Wendigo. Now, I'm a big fan of Wendigo. Uh, I think I had this conversation with, with Sandman not that much long ago, whether it's on Twitter or someplace else, that mm-hmm. the fact that they're doing Old Man Logan for the last Wolverine movie is stupid. I've always <laughs> thought that it should yeah. go back to Canada. And this is a good, like, standalone Wolverine story that you could you could do it with Wolverine. You could introduce, like, another group of mutants if that's what you wanted to do. It doesn't have to be Alpha Flight. You have a a mindless like villain that he could hack and slash and do all the violent stuff that you wanted and nobody you know and not scare children and kids uh-huh. like this would work like it's it's a perfect Wolverine movie story and so, you could probably yeah. put him in the costume. But Wendigo man. gets his powers because he consumes human flesh and you, yeah. <laughs> and you and you well, we were talking and about won't scare kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, no. <laughs> You gotta they tweak wouldn't, his I origin. guarantee you they wouldn't put that in a movie. Yeah. You gotta Especially tweak his Fox. origin. Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't put that in a movie. Yeah. You gotta tweak his origin. You can't have him gnawing <laughs> on little people. Yeah, but kids, yeah, also, they ain't gonna have that. But you could do the mysticism parts about him doing that and you could bring in Shaman for that. You know? And you could bring mm-hmm. in I mean they it seems like they wanted to introduce Heather Hudson in these mov- in the movies for a while because Every time he's in the Weapon X facility, there's always some redheaded lady just well, kind of hanging they, around. Weren't there, wasn't <laughs> the Hudsons in Wolverine Origins when they basically uh, remade the scene from the original Superman movie where he gets the costume from Uncle Ben in the barn and then all the oh, agents bust they? in and kill him? Are I think they? those yeah, were the yeah. Hudsons. Okay, I, I don't remember. That's awful, That's, too. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so Wendigo... The, is around Wolverine gets to recap that story. I've never actually read that book. Um, yeah. Where he, uh, in the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually read that book where he's first introduced. Uh, now the um, the it's Wolverine versus. Yeah. The Wolverine versus. Yeah, he does have one. Uh, the Wolverine versus Hulk. Like Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Uh, the Wolverine versus Hulk DVD I think references a, a little bit. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's a good uh, short, by the way. Yeah. Oh no, that's a, that Wolverine versus the or that Hulk versus the Wolverine and Thor. The Hulk versus, yeah, fantastic. Which yeah. both are both are good. Yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, they're, they're the last good Marvel alt, uh, animated. Uh, I think that might have been. Out. 
Yeah. Do I don't right know if they put out anything after that. Actually, it might have been the last they, one they did. They only uh, did World War Hulk after that. <laughs> Is World War Hulk after that? No, no, which was also good. Yeah. Well, also that was never mind. All right, another podcast. Anyway, so we yeah, <laughs> they go through this whole story. You know, everybody knows Wendigo is this particular person. Um, uh, you know, he's, you know, the mysticism or whatever is what kind of got him away. But, you know, now he's back. And so basically they've decided, all right, well, we're going to have to go hunt the Wendigo and figure out what we're going to do to stop him. Uh, of course, Wolverine or Nightcrawler, go get my bags. <laughs> of course. <laughs> wow. You need to step and fetch it. Thank you very much. Mm. Step and mm. bamf mm. and fetch it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Bamf and fetch it. That's right. So he goes uh. and bamfs. He sees the just the moon or the sun not setting yet because they're so far north. and makes him think of Gene. Everybody thinks of Gene. Blah, blah, blah. And then Wendigo pops out and that's the end of episode 139. Um you know, again, like I said, it seems like we're making fun of it, but I, I, I stopped on these two issues for a reason because I think they're actually very well done um, in terms of the story for Wolverine and the building his character and bringing in, like, this other group of mutants to help out. Um, I, I thought it was pretty decent. What do y'all remember about this issue, uh, Sandman? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it was well um, drawn well and um... – it's interesting too because I mean the last time the X Men, any of the X Men in that Alpha Flight uh, met, you know they were seemed like they're trying to kill each other. Basically, I mean it was all mm-hmm. Wolverine. So, and especially it was kind of unusual to see Wolverine actually being pragmatic and you know and working with them after those other issues, which goes <laughs> completely against his character yeah. type in the last thirty forty issues. But uh, um, I thought it was a well done issue. Yeah, I mean he like I said the the. The arc of his character starts to build from here. It started a little bit in Proteus, yeah, and then yeah. it's been building slowly and slowly over time. But yeah, I, now, I mean, now that they got Phoenix out of the way, yeah, and then Cyclops, right. you know, the pretty, pretty much they were the leads for the longest mm-hmm. time during those early earlier issues with the new X Men. So yeah, now they start. Now they can start building up this character as basically as we know him today. Well, you remember about these issues too, Brother Beavers? You know, I I think you're the 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 fact that you made a point of reading them I think is, is somewhat telling about the stories. I think they are solid, but the fact that it comes between Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah, you know, it, yeah. It's like you you know, you have a you, you know, you it's it's virtually impossible to stand out from amidst those two. That's one hell yeah, of an Oreo cookie. Uh, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, so no, yeah, no joke. Film. Yeah, they've made two movies about those two events. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're in between it, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why these issues always. I think these issues stood out for me because of the costume change for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I, I always, I thought the costume for Wolverine was very cool. Um, but yeah. So 140 is uh titled Rage again, Burning Claremont. It opens up with Big Hutch's boy again, I, and he's. I'm going to rip him here in a bit too. Um, opens up with his boy Colossus. Um, so I read an know, interesting article that says that basically this panel was why John Byrne left the left the X Men. Okay. Because this, really, he said the last page here. Yeah, because he said well this and the next panel, but he said mm-hmm. that they would go through like um, he and Claremont would talk about the story, 
and then he would draw it, and then Claremont would have the words. And, like, every issue, there was, like, one thing where he was like, well, that's not what we talked about. And with this one, what he was trying to draw and what they had talked about was how easy it was for Colossus to pull this stump out of the ground. But when you read the dialogue, it's like he almost kills himself trying to do it. And apparently he read that and was like, I can't do this anymore. And then so they, I think they had enough, they had a few more books in the can, but basically once those were out, he was done. Hmm. Uh, Seems to be a weird breaking point, but that's also some artistic shit. Sounds, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm an artist, I'm this, I'm that. You know what I mean? Like it sounds very like two creative people couldn't, you know, Shaq and Kobe. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah, figure yeah. this out. That's, you know, that's we a good make way to put it. Books yeah. and make all this money, or we could just, yeah. you know, kind of turn on each other over some dumb stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, they both had their share of the ego. I think they both had their uh, little uh, kind of big head uh, well, thing going also, there. Cause, I mean, and even though Shaq found some modicum of success without Kobe and uh-huh. vice versa, mm-hmm. they were better together. And I don't think that this is any different. You know, they were much better together. Yeah. Claremont goes on to continue writing this book, I think, for 17 years, you know, and then Byrne goes and does, you know, he has a fairly competent run on Fantastic Four. But beyond that, you can't remember, I can't remember much of any, excuse me, anything else that he's done besides that, you know, the little run that he had on um, on Spider-Man in the late 90s. But that run, yeah. I mean, and I, and Big Hutch had a few of those, but I don't, I mean, I don't go back to him as a definitive run on on. I think it was on Man of Steel is the book that he did. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I don't know. They were just better together. I think. Yeah, um, I agree. And I read I read yeah. his name or which I think is a more polished version of sort of Alpha Flight um, in terms of like taking some obscure characters and building the world around it. Yeah, you know, it's okay. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I think he. I think how unique is he from the perspective of you know he would write and draw the books. Um, another take I had, I heard on John Byrne was sort of like, like they kind of horsed him to push out books during his day. And so that he never really had the opportunity to really kind of get behind his own creative product until he was sort of in his burned out phase of his career. And so we never really kind of got to see the best of John Byrne. We get like workman John Byrne, but we really never got to see what John Byrne's like property was. So like all his... Like his uh, signature, right. his his signature. Uh, like he never created as much as much. He was like a strong shepherd of things that already existed, right? And, and, uh, right. And, you know, and and he did have his little Malibu imprint as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it you know made any kind of impact about anything like that. But this is also, even though Alpha Flight is under the umbrella of Marvel, it's really almost as like a creator-owned situation, even though the characters had been introduced. He'd had, you know, some... Well, he hadn't had that version of creating those characters. I don't know if he was doing 109 at the time. But, like, they gave him the book with essentially the authority to, like, kind of do it on his own, you know, since he's Uh, plotting the pencils, which was a problem. Uh, But he also (laughs) had his hand in that whole process. And, it, you know, it was just too much. I mean, you can read those books and tell, like, this was way too much. For one person to do, let alone while he's doing it with Fantastic Four, which we'll get to in a second. Anyway, this issue, before it shifts back to Canada, you get your stuff with Angel and, you know, how he's fitting in with the team. We also have another kind of racially (laughs) ethnic scene that's... um, Yeah, I I knew you were going to pass this up, yeah. Uh, How could you pass it up? Um, Yeah, you you got to, yeah. 
the last black person we had seen in X-Men uh, was the uh, MC at Dazzler's show. And y'all ready for the Dazzler? <laughs> so um, seven issues later, we do get another appearance of a, I would, I would say pimp. What'd you say, pimp? Yeah. Definitely has yeah. some Silky Johnston-esque uh, character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hate you. I hate everybody about you. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so he's like, I mean, it's full pimp mode. He's either a pimp or he's James Rose and uh, uh, <laughs> Secret War. I don't really know. He's like, hey, mama, wait up. And apparently this had happened again on the streets. And she goes, I beg your pardon. Sweet thing, I'm one fine dude and you are one fine fox. This is one fine mm. night. Let's say we make some beautiful music together at Studio One, the hottest disco in New York. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, his outfit says it all. How difficult is it to go to Tyrone or Mark or Darnell or whoever it is working down the hallway and be like, hey, you think I should put this in this book? Mm-hmm. And them to look at you and be like, "Hell no! Are you kidding me, yeah. man? Are you rubbing stone? What are, are you crazy, John? Yeah, no, you yeah, I don't think yeah. With a dude yeah, with burned. a bowler hat <laughs> and a shirt wide open with some yeah, his, designs yeah. on it. He got four rings on one hand, by the way, on his right hand. Oh my God, ring on every finger. Yeah, unbelievable. It's yeah, terrible." Because I'm in love with you, darling. I'm soaking wet. Where'd that storm come from? <laughs> it's just it's bad. bad. It's bad. It's bad. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm gonna, that. When I post this on the podcast, I'll usually take like little, when we talk about these things, I'll usually take little uh, like panels from the book and I'll post it as like the thing that's on Twitter or whatever. People be like, man, where the hell did that come from? I'm like, oh, you didn't know? <laughs> No less, better call somebody because uh, yeah, they they took some liberties. And anyway, there's this stuff with Stevie and Storm and uh, her being a little bit difficult. But Kitty's terrible. I I, I keep trying to to re- reconcile it that later on she does become somewhat of a badass. Not the Kitty Pride Wolverine thing, but like the modern version of Kitty Pride or the astonishing X Men run. Uh, the Weed version of Kitty Pride is actually kind of you know at least. Paul's, you know, somewhat likable, but I mean, that, mm-hmm. what is that? Twenty-five, thirty years later, it's a long like, time. It's a long time, man. It's a long time. Um, so anyway, back to Canada. Did y'all? I think an interesting thing to... about the X Men and some, you know, some characters is like they, you know, they have like these sort of weird powers, and then they find interesting ways to use them. And I think she definitely falls in that category, but they had to go. Yeah some pretty significant lengths to make her, like, really, really useful other than just walking through shit. Well, didn't yep. she get sent to the minors at some point and go and got sent to the new music? Yeah, yeah. There was, Professor I think, X, just yeah. briefly, yeah. and I think it was just sort of to test her reaction to see how she would how she would deal with it. Right, um, right. Because right. she was, was not happy. Yeah. Well, they kind of went back to that when they put Jubilee in Generation X. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, couldn't hit the curveball. <laughs> yeah, so they sent her down to Double A. Oh man, that, 
again, and I, and I'll have to do some side research or whatever. But like the, it's, I I never understood the push at the time. You did lose Jean Grey, a grade you know level five mutant, and you put in this teenager who's not very good. Her power is awful too. Um, you know, and then when she went to the New Mutants and she got what was that Doug Ray or whatever, you know, like he yeah, kind of helped her a little bit. Right. Doug Ramsey, yeah. So I mean, it got right. a little bit better, but she's still terrible. Um, but anyway, yeah. back to back to Canada. I hope somebody turned the light off while we were gone because you know <laughs> <laughs> nobody's there. <laughs> so anyway, so when to go? I know, man. When to get a bad Twitter note on this? Oh. Um, Wendigo was, you know, kind of tearing through things. Now, Nightcrawler, who can teleport, <laughs> another excuse. As long as he can see, exa- has, has all kinds of reasons to not teleport and looking for reasons. Like I'm just gonna like keep like running through here while this big old thing is ripping through trees to chase you down. Like <laughs> teleport. Like how you were just looking out into this wide open space that you were crying about, Gene Gray. Teleport? He, can, I think his teleportation is what two miles? Yeah, two miles. Is this yeah. It's, it's yeah. like two miles east and west, and three miles north and south. Okay, so huh. go ahead and take a couple miles well, off. Well, because of it, the magnetic poles of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say some crazy explanation. Yeah, yeah, because comics. Um, so because he won't teleport. He yeah, he keeps he keeps running and jumping into trees yeah. like a monkey and. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, that so, the first thing <laughs> that would be the first that. thing he would do is teleport to. I mean, exactly. it's just, it's just, I mean, you go it's the like, exact opposite of common sense. Yeah, you go like nine panels with him not teleporting until he finally gets caught, and then he does it. And he almost didn't yeah, do it. He's about to die. I'm, I'm, kind of, yeah. I'm almost gonna die. I can't blind uh, I, teleport. I can't, I'm like, yeah, you're looking into the sky. That's not a blind teleportation. Go into the. I mean, come on, man. It's just, it's just terrible. It's the problem is there's so many trees in Canada. I mean, yeah, more yeah. trees and trees people. almost got Nightcrawler killed. Yeah, more trees and people. That's all we're saying, Canada. More trees <laughs> and people. So he bamps, he bamps up once and then he bamps to the ground like immediately. Now of course he bamps right in the general vicinity of where he was. Like, dude, start bamping back towards the cabin that you just left. It has like four powerful mutants in it. Like, that didn't come across your head at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so, yes, but he tries to finally get some offense with his typical strength. And, you know, he uses his incredible or amazing agility to kind of, you know, dip and dodge and duck and, you know, do everything. But Wendigo finally hits him and then knocks him all the way back to the cabin that he was trying to run from. I'm like, um, mm-hmm. you could have solved that on your own by teleporting over there because he didn't hit you for miles. He didn't hit you for two miles, man. So, anyway, so he hits the building. <laughs> and now, and I don't know if y'all noticed this, he is forever unconscious in most of uh, many things. <laughs> Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a Nightcrawler trait, man. Hell, yeah. yeah he's forever <laughs> unconscious. Like, just knocked out cold consistently. But anyway, mm-hmm. so when he goes out, everybody comes out. Uh, and we'll get to this in Alpha Flight, too. Um uh, Vindicator's powers are kind of nebulous. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of bend to the whichever panel that they're talking about now. Like this super suit mm-hmm. is a complete super suit, man. Um, <laughs> it's got freaking uh, it shields, plasma, Ginsu knives, 
Uh, yeah. I'm surprised he can't freaking teleport himself. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. Um, but of course, greatest Canadian nothing, hero. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but nothing stops like a, a, you know, a big Canadian redwood to smack you, even with a shield on. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's kind of weird. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he gets knocked out. And then they start to do this. Now uh, there's a fire going on from whatever happened with his plasma oh. blast. And then, so they send Shaman to put the fire out as opposed to fighting this big monster that's about yep. to kill everybody. Uh, all right. The most powerful member of the group, probably, yeah. Well, you know. Well, yeah. well yeah, but you have, to, uh, you have to responsibly address the concept of forest fires. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Smokey the Bear. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 that that's the that's the white people writing shit too. Like, I'm like, oh no, fire! You know, it's just it's the Indian with a tear running down his face. Like, I know hey, this bear. Check out the box, Doctor Michael Tegelman, <laughs> who deliberately turned his back on this Sarsi heritage to become a physician <laughs> of these people by learning the white man's men- the white man's men- it's gotta be the white uh, man's men- Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I assure you, a conversation was had by John Byrne at some point in time. He's like, "Hey, racist! I get my friend is Sarcy." that that had happened at some point in time. I ain't racist. Um, all right. Some of my oh, best boy. friends are Sarcy. Some of my best friends turned their backs on the Sarcy Indians <laughs> to learn the white oh, man. medicine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Some of my best friends are Indians that turned their ways against the Sarcy Indians, turned their backs on to learn my white man language. Uh, oh my God! So oh, yeah, that, I again <laughs> we we turn so snarky because I just think it's the genre of people that we are, but. This is actually a really good book. Like this is a really good issue of X Men. Avengers. Well, yeah. blame, blame but the it's a really good. You issue. can't put anything other than hateful stuff on the internet. So even stuff you have nobody will read it. Yeah, nobody will know what the hell you're talking about. Well, this is so great. I just I love this. Look how his like his powder just puts out the fire. That's going to save yeah. so many people. This is just really responsible of him. Yeah, I don't know why no one listened to that podcast. Yeah, I'll go to my SoundCloud and listen. How many people listen to this? Zero. That's not as well hitting in them streets this year. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, anyway, so the uh, God, Vindicator is awful, by the way. Um, but they do going to get a chance yeah. for uh, for Wolverine to you know, get his uh, Wolverine on. Um, when Wendigo went away, he was, you know, he needed to feed on human flesh. Now, when he came about this new time, he had ate the dude, um, and then he put the wife and the and the and the kid away and the baby away for you know a midnight snack. Um, and so now he's going back there to get them to refuel, essentially. And um, you know, Wolverine gets a chance to. And we finally really get a chance to see Wolverine go off. And this is one of the first times you get to see this, too. They reference his Berserker Rage, um, which might be one of the first times they do that as well. And, you know, he just goes to hacking and slashing that you, you know, again, you hadn't seen Wolverine do this before. And, you know, the stern Berserker Rage really became one of those things, you know, like in the lexicon of our language, essentially. Where he that calls it his patented, 
his patented yeah. quote berserker yeah. rage unquote. Yeah, well, just seven yeah. years to get yeah. that patent. So you know, <laughs> he must have been waiting for a while to do it, and then when yeah. he finally right. does it. He filed the patent after Giant Size X Men number one, and it just came through. <laughs> it just came through. And somebody at DC must have been using it at the time. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just so got we got to wait for the we got to wait for Flash to die because he's been acting <laughs> circuit rich. So we got to wait yeah. for Crisis on Infinite Earths to get published. And then, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> then you're allowed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hey, <laughs> I man, can we put them Berserker Rage T-shirts out? Nah, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, I don't think they're going to be ready for Christmas. You're going to have to wait a little bit. And so he goes off in hack and slash mode. But it's kind of funny, though. You don't never see him put claws into Wendigo. They just kind of allude to it or give you like a flash of it. And it's just all like the yeah. book code. Yeah, well, but there's yeah. that. But it's this also was back in the 80s. Yeah, but it's adamantium, and they've given us oh, the sharpest metal known to man and this, that, and the other. But he can't, I mean, you know, Wendigo is, again, it's an, like not an immortal creature or whatever, but there should be a little bit more than what we're seeing here, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't. So, I mean, I just. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's a good fight. Like I said, I like Wendigo as a character overall. I just don't want to, you know, you kind of just want to see more, I guess, at this time. But Wolverine goes off, and that's great. I mean, I like yeah. I said, I'm a big fan of that part of this book. He does get a whole he's, page of offense. Yes, of whole page mm-hmm. of offense, and he gets a, um, a whole like you know this. Once he calms down, he's like, oh, okay, 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 okay you know, that he's in his, his you know, coming out of his, his berserker rage and whatever, and he gets to see his human side, too, as he's trying to rescue this lady. You know, but then he also gets the wham, too. Bat! And gets knocked yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, gets knocked yeah. horizontally, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a Wendigo dropped on him. Yeah, exactly. And they don't play up, and they don't, they don't play up his, um, they don't play up his, uh, his, um, his healing effect or whatever, his healing power as much. In these books, either you know, where now he's almost, even though he just died, he's almost you know invulnerable. They don't really play it up that much um, yeah. in the early books. Excuse me, because he's all like, "Oh, he's gonna get broken in half." I'm like, "Um, your bones, adamantium. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how much I can take of this. Um, you should be able to take a lot of that. If anything, you should lot. be able to take him like twisting and turning you every which way, because that's not gonna mm-hmm. work." You know, and Wendigo's slamming him all over the place. But look, Wolver- or Nightcrawler's back, and he's got some offense uh, with a stick. He got a stick. <laughs> he's got a stick. And he got turned horizontal. Yeah, he got yeah, turned horizontal, too. Immediately about, thrown off. Yeah. How about grabbing Wendigo's leg and teleporting that shit someplace else? How about that? <laughs> yeah, no joke. Teleport his leg into a tree. you always worried about yeah, that. Why don't you put Wendigo's leg into a tree or something like that? Thanks, yeah. yeah be creative. Do something. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so they had a whole plan. Vindicator comes in. He hits him with his, I don't know what blast that is. Not plasma. Uh, electromagnetic. His, his powers are all electromagnetic. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. But the book finale is where um, Snowbird turns herself into the white Wolverine. Why well, got to be white? And um, <laughs> the white, white savior white Wolverine. The white, the, turns into the white savior Wolverine. And um, fights Wendigo <laughs> in a battle to the 
So, oh, so the subtext says the brown Wolverine couldn't get the job done. But the white <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Maybe that's man. specifically why they yeah. had to change his costume brown. No. We're not ready to make a statement about the yellow Wolverine. We would yeah, have to need a movie with a brown Wolverine. There you go. Oh, wow. White is right. Yeah. So, that's a sad one for me. That's like the boomerang one, man. Uh, <laughs> the game ain't over. Uh. The white ball makes all the balls <laughs> off the table. Which one is last? The black one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so that's the end, and then Wolverine has to calm down uh, uh, Snowbird to get Snowbird, her back into yeah. uh, her, you know, to get her out yeah, of that. She's like, oh, thank yeah. you, blah blah blah, and you know, then Simon oh, performs. Cyclops is props here, though. Yeah, he does. I mean, again, he mm-hmm. that version of Cyclops is awesome. It is. <laughs> I, I don't know what they ruin. I mean, again, they ruined him. When he married Madeline Pryor, like that was the start of it, and then it was yeah. just a slow yeah. descent from there. It's just slow; you just didn't see it. It's like paint yeah. drying. Yeah. Everything was doing it was working. Everything, you just yeah. didn't see it. But from Inferno yeah, whole, on, it was just mm-hmm. <sighs> it was terrible. Right. That whole Madeline Pryor, yeah, the whole that whole um, uh, storyline was just terrible. The whole Inferno, yeah. I hated Inferno. It was just mm-hmm. bad. More Phoenix nonsense, and yeah, yeah. Side brother topic, but whatever. Yep. Okay. And now you would swear George Baptiste was black. Like, hold on a second, man. I got bit by a motherfucking mystical creature and I killed people? You gonna take me to jail? What the fuck? I ain't not. I ain't do nothing. I ain't do nothing. How y'all taking me to jail? I ain't do nothing. But well, <laughs> Yes, I mean, that's terrible, man. It was like, hey, man, I know you killed all these people. Let's he go, actually said, me... uh, uh, under Canadian law, that renders him culpable for any crimes he committed as Wager and as a Wendigo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I because, man, I, because he I need... became Wendigo of his own free will. Yeah. Wow. So there's that's a Canadian good. law that says, if you acquire some cursed powers and, and develop a <laughs> mystical need to consume human flesh... Yeah, if you <laughs> entered into that contract on your own, yeah, that's exactly. your last. Uh, that's <laughs> literally how that law reads. In fact, seriously, man. Wow. Come on, can- yeah. Canada, do better. <laughs> seriously, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. Y'all got a parliamentary system that could probably work out a little bit better than that. I mean, honestly. <laughs> so, but yeah. But anyway, so apparently uh, that socialist medical care doesn't cover yeah, when it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. apparently not. I got to get to my Wendigo doctor, man, because uh, yeah. I got think I got that shit. <laughs> I got a piece of the Wendigo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, curses apparently in the in the doctor, so yeah. Hey man, I'm gonna see you at work later, man. I got my Wendigo acting up again, man. I ain't going there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go someplace and eat one of these kids. So I can get my Wendigo down. Oh my god! Almost sound like some real shit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, but anyway, okay. the book ends where uh it it well it has uh freaking the return of the king ending. Um where uh it has the one ending where uh it does have the return H. of the king. I was like, oh, it's on, a total return like, of the yeah, king right. ending. Uh, yeah, three endings, three uh, pages, yep. Yep. Department H 
disbands Alpha Flight and like, oh, what does that mean? And it gives you an ending of sorts, yet also a beginning of a new possibility. The beginning right. of the next life ending. of Alpha Flight. Yes, exactly. Fade to black, but not really. And then it also gives you this breakout scene of the blob breaking out of prison. And he says, she said transportation be ready. And who could that she be? Mm-hmm. But we'll find out when we get the days of future past. But then that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, yep. that's now, it. the that funny is, thing here is, though, the fact that they set this up, like, literally one panel before the start of the story, that's not mm-hmm. Claremont-esque. They should have put this, like, 17 issues ago. Like right. some, why is the blob? You know, while we're fighting, while we're fighting Magneto on asteroid M with the blue, the brood flying around, what does the blob breaking out have to do with anything? Right. The fact that they did a direct mm-hmm. setup, they're they're slipping here a little bit. Just <laughs> they needed time to get it all together themselves. Um, but yeah, so that's it with those two issues. And again, it goes back to we're gonna get here, Alpha Flight. Um, and we're not going to, like, go panel for panel, whatever. We're just kind of going to go over the first few issues. I know Brother Beavis read. You said you got eight. through eight. Well, okay. yeah, but I, I read a couple, and I was like, this is not going well. So I uh, <laughs> quickly reviewed <laughs> the next six. Yeah. You read more That's than I did. I can see that much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hold on. I'm trying to pull it up on my uh, yeah. on my, my, my book. App here. Uh, I should have opened up two windows. There's off oh, flight. Okay. Now, Alpha Flight has had, as I'm pulling this up here, at a minimum, it's had one, two, three. Three runs, three volumes. Four, three full runs, right. In 83, which is the original, 130 issues, 97, 20 issues. 2004, 12 issues, and 2011, eight issues. So, I mean, it's, they keep trying. Um, yeah. But, nah, is basically what I would say. Um, people have definitely spoken. Um, and so I remember that Big Hutch has the original of this. And the original cover is actually awesome of the first issue, you know, basically saying, you know, st- you know, step back, New Yorkers. You know, we got this. And, you know, yeah. you have the heroes that are coming out. And it's a great cover. I remember, like I said, I remember, you know, Hutch had this, probably multiple copies of it as he was in his collecting mode. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I I read, I mean, we're spoiling everything. You know, I read fairly, you know, consistently the books that lead up to Vindicator's death, air quotation, um, when he dies. But if we're, you know, but that was when I was, you know, 14, 13, 14, 15 years old. When I'm reading it now, like, these books are not very good. Um, they're just not. <laughs> um, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to make it any plainer than that. The books are just aren't good. Um, and so the first issue is a Canadian villain, air quotation, Tundra, or whatever its name is. It's something that grew out of the ground that they're going to have to fight. It's just awful, and that was Hutch's note too. It was like they just have terrible villains. They couldn't find any villains to like kind of were consistent. Yeah. And you know, the first the first issue was really just a recap of everything that had happened. You know, from like kind of talking about 109, and then talking about the last issue as well. You know, and giving you you know whatever versions of Alpha Flight and you know what's going. You know, that the fact that it's been disbanded and it's you know 
it's it, it gives you these introductions to some of the characters here and there, and then they're all terrible though. Like you tell me, I think you said it, Sandman, and I think name me one yeah. uh, Alpha Flight character that you care about. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of one that's really interesting to me. I'm just, I'm sorry, I just don't think any of them are interesting. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? They're, I mean, to me, they're they're just so they're all like so incredibly flawed, which you know can yeah. make good stories, but. Because you know, yeah. you've got like, you know, Jean Jean Marie is has a disassociative disorder with her and Aurora. We already went mm-hmm. down Snowbird's limitation. Sasquatch is, you know, his transformation is. First of all, Sasquatch is like Orange Beast. Like yeah. he's a former football player, <laughs> scientist. Yeah, he's got this bestial nature. He's straight up Orange Beast. Marina yeah. is. A water-based character, which is just inherently I'd a bad idea. about her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they right all now, like two forget. issues in. Yeah. Puck is like a short Wolverine without claws, mm-hmm. but dealing with constant <laughs> physical pain. They're just they have like they all have these problems. Yeah, and this, yeah. to me, they never did like world building. Well, the thing that hit me is like they didn't really do any world building. It's like. Mm-hmm. It's it's so inherently Canadian, right? Because you want to have this tundra and all these mythical beasts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, there's that. Then they have all like these. All the stories are really individual based and just building on the characters. And it seems to me like at this point, like you know, you could see why you know a, a series by an artist who you know he understands the characters and that's how they react. You could see why it would be really character driven, but they just they completely miss out on like the world building and the villains. And there's just no substance to it. And then they get into the big shock of episode right. or of issue 12 and then it's like, "Well, what are we doing here?" They're like, "Right." Right. Yeah, and and there's and I think they they hot shot Wolverine into one of these episodes early too. Um, you know, mm-hmm. cuz I think there was a point where like, I think we might be in a little bit of trouble here. Um, so we need to like maybe tie it back into the X universe, and then it's all over the place with the villains. Like there's a Super Scroll in one. I'm like, what the hell are the Super Scrolls doing here? And That's what are one of John Byrne's favorites. Yeah, yeah, they had a ball Super, from the what, other. Yeah, but what are Submariner and and Invisible Girl oh, yeah. doing in these things too? And there's then there's a really Mar- awkward like storytelling method they do as well in the first several issues where they'll have like the cliffhanger. And then when the next issue starts, it actually backs up in time in the first several pages, like, lead up to the cliffhanger. So right. you have an, if, an issue where, mm-hmm. like, uh, Invisible Woman and Namor make a surprising appearance at the end, like, right in the middle of the alpha fight. Yeah. fight. And the next yeah, issue starts, and they're, like, in a plane flying there. It's like, what? Yeah. wait, what? And they do Just that try in to hide again. Room. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got to get to it, or them. Um well, two two ways. One, like uh, many of the characters are just X Men knockoffs too. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh yeah, um, that's the old the old, you know, uh, old you know, Vindicator. Yeah. Vindicator is like Cyclops with all his angst. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's Orange Beast, you know, and I mean and Snowbird Vindicator. Storm. Yeah, yeah. Snowbird Storm. Uh, and I mean it's just. It's just like you know, you know North Star is essentially Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, and I was getting to that. And like, like let's Quicksilver get to the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's the yeah. other thing too. Like, have there ever been any good like twins superheroes? Tomax, like, oh. Zamok from GI Joe. 
I'm going to hang up this phone right now. <laughs> okay. Just, I mean, there's just none. And these two, these two give um, the Wonder Twins a run for their money, man, at being the worst. Yeah. Okay? They're, they're now, before terrible. any of our, you know, our LBGT friends, give, it has nothing to do with this nigga being gay. No. <laughs> he is an awful character, and his sister He's is terrible. worse. He yeah, is they're worse. They're unlikable. They're unlikable characters. That's why they're completely unlikable. And it's like, yeah. oh, you know, she's got you know dual personality disorder, you know, and Sasquatch is tapping one of them. He don't know he's tapping the other one. Like, and then it it just doesn't really yeah. make a whole lot of overall sense. But it it, yeah. but it and that's the other thing too, brother Beavers. What you were saying, like near the end of it. Well, not near the end, but like near the like the six, six, seven, eight, nine ish or so, it's like they turn mm-hmm. into like individual issues about each in yeah. each character. Yeah, Puck's yeah. in the hospital, and he's and he's yeah. like up against this drug ring from a doctor, and North yeah. Star and Aurora fighting the mafia off by themselves, and Snowbird. Yeah. Did you read the one mm-hmm. where Snow the 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 whiteout, the snowblind, where there's literally yeah. like three pages where it's all white? Yes, I did. That, that was, was wow, actually, right? but yeah, but yeah, so that's all these like individual stories. Yeah, and it, and mm. I was like, what? I was like, it, it, it's like maybe that should have been done before you launched the book to give us some like version to care or reason to care about these characters. Mm-hmm. Because right now mm-hmm. I don't, and it just keeps going yeah. on. And I was like, because Vindicator dies in what twelve? Twelve. And again, Exploitation yeah. dies. And you yeah. know, and the book like and the, the book from there goes absolutely nowhere. You know, oh, Heather yeah. becomes Vindicator and mm-hmm. But it, but that but, doesn't happen right away. It's like a solid yeah. like six issues of her like you know, inner fields. Yes, it's very much so. Yeah. yeah, and then if that what's what Roxon the Roxon Corporation yeah. is yeah. the villain. Roxon, yeah. Oh, See that oh. and that's that sort of you know, John Byrne gets into that in Namor, where but he sets it up in the beginning. You know, he does the world building. He's like, mm-hmm. Namor re-enters society, starts Oracle Corporation. He has these nemesis in business, you know, and they so they establish all mm-hmm. that, and then it works. They set the tone, mm-hmm. and then they have stories within that. But this is just like everything at random. Yeah, and it's like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're supposed to care about this. Like what? Wait, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. And again, the plotting of the book. Well, that and the plotting on the book, it is so. I used to think. I mean, and, and we're gonna run Claremont as we go through some of these things because he actually gets wordier as his run starts to go on. But wow, Bert that, is yeah. super. Oh my God, Bert is super wordy in these books. And again, is it because he's trying to do like kind of nation world building, or it's just like, well, these characters aren't interesting enough, and nobody's going to care what they talk about. So I have to build like this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of world that somebody will care about them. And I don't. It's bad. I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Like I, it's bad. Like those these books are bad. Like now this yeah. is. I'm like looking for a story where I'm like, oh, okay, this is a good story, or this is like, there's not it, within the first twelve issues. There's not. And then of course, if you kill an if you kill a main character in the first twelve issues, that's hot shot yeah. belt on the somebody. That just to to draw up interest. That's it. You do not kill the main character of your book within the first twelve issues. And you yeah, just don't. That's a strange. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, who wanted to you, like this? I like a lot of the character designs. You know, there's the obvious connection to the X-Men, but it's not good. I think I bought one of the, like, the 97 volume yeah. two. There was, and it was not good. Uh, no. Just, right. And the worst thing, too, is, you know, they ended up killing off most of these characters just sort of as a side note right. um, in a later X-Men story when Scarlet Witch... Strips all the mutants of their powers. They, she creates, ultimately creates this entity called the Collective, and it lands in North America and it storms through Canada and it kills like everybody but Sasquatch that's on this right. team. And, so, and at that point, wow. it's like you guys became a footnote in somebody else's story. You know, it's hard to look yeah. at any of this now. Like, well, that was a, that was just a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, right. That's bad, man. Yeah. And they did that actually the New Warriors, right? They did that in. In Civil War, you know, mm-hmm. New Warriors was mm-hmm. actually a good story. Was they took marginal characters, they put a good team on it, they told stories, mm-hmm. they built, you know, they built the world, they built up the characters, but then they were a footnote of story. They with this, they skipped all the rest of that. It would just sucked, and then they probably mercy killed him with the collective storyline. Right. Yeah. I just don't understand why. In a sense, I don't understand why it failed. You know, mm. but I mean, I do and I don't like, I, I, you know, I think the characters are flawed, but it's not like other comic book characters or the books don't have flawed characters. But it, you would see it would seem that it would be successful. Like the fact that they're just Canadian mutants. Like, mm-hmm. is that really part of the reason mm-hmm. people were like, nah. well, I so mean, I was reading something earlier and it was just saying, like, Byrne never enjoyed doing this. Like, I think right. they they wanted to do it and it made sense and whatever. And I think. You know, there was probably some appeal appeal for him to make a distinctly Canadian book, but he never enjoyed it. And so, obviously, when the creative team isn't behind it, it's going to be crap. So, I, right. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about before we started recording was that, you know, kind of getting the, the math and the years right or whatever, that he was doing this book concurrently with the Fantastic Four, whereas we all hold his Fantastic Four run as one of the better runs on the Fantastic Four, I would say of, of all the runs that I've read on Fantastic Four, by far the better run on the Fantastic Four. I, I would say his runs are outside of the uh, Lee and Kirby are probably the definitive versions of the Fantastic right. Four. So yeah. yeah, so I mean, you know, he was doing two books at a time. Let's not be lying. In like in the early mid '80s, Fantastic Four was a much more uh, attractive gig than starting yeah. your Canadian you know, super mutant, super team uh, yeah. with a dude with, you know, the maple leaf across his chest. And I think it was just too, uh, maybe it was just too much. And like you're saying, maybe his heart just wasn't into it. And it was just, you know, like, well, I need to cash these checks. So I'm going to be putting, you know, Marina in this book, you know, and Puck is supposed to be this hot, whatever, whatever, he, whatever Puck is like, oh yeah, she almost, you know, kills him with a a, a webbed paw. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically where we are. Puck is out of commission for a couple of issues because he got scraped with a webbed paw. Alright. Don't get me started. Get me started it's, on Puck. Ugh. Yeah, yeah but when he got in the hospital, he was taking diluted painkillers because the doctor yeah. had a drug smuggling ring where he was getting his yeah. nurses hooked on drugs, and they were selling it to the community. Yeah. 
Man, I plead the fifth. Yeah. I think we've I think we've established that I think we've established that John Byrne is just not a writer. First of all, like you said earlier, he probably he probably was distracted by Fantastic Four. I don't know who if he was helping write some of those Fantastic Four books. But I think he was doing that that on his own too. I think the Fantastic Four he did on his own. That's true. That blows my theory out of the water. Maybe he just yeah, maybe he just cared about Fantastic Four more. Well, obviously the more popular book, but there's going to be a much more popular book. Characters and also yeah. has their own histories that he could play upon already. Whereas these people, yeah. he was just you know kind of. Yeah, he was writing it himself. He was making it up as they go. You know, as he went. Yeah, I'm, so, yeah, I'm just making it up. You know, I'm just making yeah, it up it as didn't I work. go. <laughs> it didn't work. It really didn't work. I, I remember being hyped looking at these books and like, man, this is some shit. And I, I, I'm fairly certain Brother Beavis and I had conversations in 1997 like, hey, man, you pick up that Alpha Flight? Yeah, <laughs> I did. And then, man, <laughs> yeah, Brother Beavis, think of the houses that we could have, how much bigger they would be. I know. <laughs> if we could have at least several dollars larger. At oh, least several dollars larger. <laughs> You know, I could at least have a box of Pop Tarts in here for all the bullshit I was like, books I had. No kidding. Um, yeah, so we, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not lying to you. When I went back to read this and I sent Brother Beavis that text, oh, I was yeah. like, mm, this is not very good. Like, <laughs> I was astounded. I was astounded on reread and how bad they were. Because I, yeah. you know, I, in my mind, I had given them some stature, and I'd put them at a certain level. And, and now I'm like, why the, Why did you ever buy the 97 series? Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. That's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. I'm looking at this, I'm like, hmm. I brought this up. Like, some of the stories they get into, like, uh, I, I, was, I said the comment I made was they're on the on the scale of from somewhere between Jean Grey to Cable yeah. in terms of complications. So Guardian himself, like when he gets killed, he somehow gets wormholed out to some alien race yeah. and they try and save yeah. him. But in the process, yeah. they merge him with his cybernetics. And then there's a period where he comes back, but it's a trick because it's somebody posing as him. But Correct. then that trick was actually mm-hmm. true. And then after yeah. that, somebody clones him. And then yeah. it's so, yeah, oh, oh. that's just that's and that's just him. And then like <laughs> with Sasquatch, Sasquatch like dies. He, it turns out he's actually a mythical Canadian creature yeah, because yeah, everything right. in Alpha Flight is a mythical Canadian, Canadian creature, and he because dies. But then Snowbird re-inhabits his body because she has right. died. It's just like yeah, every exactly. single one of them. It's, it is batshit crazy, man. It's just yeah. nuts. They're not it's quite crazy. cable. I mean, nobody's cable. But right. They're yeah. On, they're on the spectrum. They are on the spectrum. They're like autism. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's all over the place. And, you know, and then the the villains are terrible. Like I said, Hutch, oh, yeah. like the, the villains are ter- The master. Really? As far as I can tell, yeah. literally has yeah. no powers. Literally has no powers. No. Yeah. And then uh, Marina's backstory with the with born in the egg and for 10,000 years, the fish. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> the Plodex, yeah. You're, if, you're not, you're, if, you're not a, if you're not a mythical creature, you're an alien. 
yeah. or you're not an alpha yeah. white. Those are your two yeah. options. Yeah, yeah. And then I, think and, then I re- and then there's the issues where uh, I guess is it beta flight that becomes evil with like so that's uh, so omega flight uh, omega so flight th- different people omega from beta and gamma yeah. flight become omega flight which is they get turned I think by the Roxxon Corp or some Roxxon, some corporation uh-huh. get mm-hmm. turned against yeah. alpha flight and that's how vindicate or that's how guardian dies um, but then some of them become uh, like box. I think is what I'm not. I think Box might have been with, with um, Omega Flight. He was at least with like Beta or Gamma, and he ends up on Alpha Flight. But like Wild Child, I think was mm-hmm. on Omega Flight, and then yeah. he really only came to prominence during like Age of Apocalypse. That was, mm-hmm. as far as I know, the only ever. So there's like a few kind of random characters that come out of this, but right. Uh, and then when they do finally bring uh, Marina back, she's like her and. Like Submariner's tapping that. It's just weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I'm just like, oh, just, my God. I just, yeah, he was I just like reaching not, for stuff. I just cannot. I'm so surprised it is as bad as it is. Mm. And, again, they keep trying. And, like I said, I mean, they might look better in a movie. Like, these characters might look better in a movie because they're so, you know, kind of two-dimensional. And it mm. might be better in a movie. Like, I mean, you couldn't put a dude with a freaking the maple leaf on or whatever. Like, that's not doable. But some of the other characters, you could probably you could probably do a Sasquatch. But I mean, he is blue, you know, orange beast. You could probably do it. You could probably do like the twins and make them not be freaking Quicksilver and uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Oh, check that out. Know. Yeah, I, I got to read this. This is this is a single line on the Wikipedia entry for Marina Smallwood. When she became pregnant, the Plodex DNA reacted to her condition by turning her into a savage beast in the North Atlantic Ocean, a Leviathan. Namor was forced to slay her, impaling her with the Black Knight's enchanted ebony blade. <laughs> <laughs> that black blade, baby. Yeah, <laughs> this is the nature of the Alpha Flight characters as well. Yes, exactly. Like I, I, I mean, I've been I've been reading comics all my life. I have no idea what you just said. That is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> Canada, you, Canada, you deserve better, man. <laughs> yeah, they did y'all wrong on that one, man. That's, that's Canada, crazy. y'all deserve a lot better than this. And it was you. It was one of your own that turned against you too. Yep. Because it's not like an American that was making this shit up um, to to run y'all down. Your own people freaking ruined you and turned you and turned and gave you this. Now is yeah, there a, there's a is there not an alpha flight right now that like U.S. agent is on it? I don't think is that US alpha agent? flight. No, they made. There's this new U.S. whatever team. Is that the one you talking about that has like cannonball in it? I don't know. There's really? this new. There's this new team of uh, that they're putting together that has a bunch of rando heroes in it. Uh, I think I got into a debate with somebody on Twitter about like I'm not, not you know like I ain't reading that shit. Um, hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I just, you know, I just, I don't, I, I don't, I, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry, but yes, basically Alpha Flight bad, 
That's basically our our <laughs> like four words. Yeah, that's what we're making around to. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically what we're trying to say. I was like bad. Um, if you want to read it on, well, that, but it's it's like bad asterisk. Like you tricked us for a while, but we're finally on to you, and you were bad the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't find that here. It's gonna take. It would take me forever to find it, so I don't want to do that. But yeah. Um. I, yeah. So sorry, Canada. Um. John Byrne did you bad. <laughs> he ran y'all dirty. Yeah. And um, it's a shame that he did that because, you know, y'all deserve a super team, man. If freaking the West Coast Avengers can have West Coast Avengers, damn it, Canada, mm. you should be able to have some version of a super team or whatever. And um, it didn't work. So um, maybe y'all can all become Great Lakes Avengers. You know, not that far from Canada. <laughs> So um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So anywho, but yeah. So that'll wrap up the comic book chat corner for the week. Um, as we, like I said, uh, big big fans of episodes one thirty nine and one forty of Uncanny X Men. Like I said, it sounds like we're being snarky, but I think those books issues actually hold up very well. But Alpha Flight, not big fans of you. Sorry, it's pretty shitty. Um, and uh, again, terrible that. Uh, Big Hush paid all that money for all those episodes, and they're awful. So, uh, so next week we will jump back into uh, the uncanny thing where we get for days of future past. Just a gentle, you know, kind of preview. What do you most remember about the days of future past book, Sam? Man, that everybody dies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember. Uh, what are we talking about? Nineteen eighty one, something like that. Yeah, two, mm-hmm. three, something in that era. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that. I mean, it, it's comic book, so yeah, cats die and come back all the time, even back then. But man, just it was, um, it was so graphic and so um, brutal. <laughs> you know the way they uh, died in that book was obviously yeah. they wanted to um, portray how you know the dystopian future and you know this it, it was no joke. People was dying, and they and uh, Burn is one of his finest books ever. You know, there's some iconic shots in that uh, in that book, and um, yeah, that's it's amazing. It's only two issues. It's a great, yeah. uh, it's a great two two issue series. Brother Beavis, uh, two things. One, the cover, the cover mm-hmm. one forty one with all the one the you know the the dead captured signs of everybody mm-hmm. with the great temple yeah. Wolverine with Kate Pride behind him, and then two is the disintegration of Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, the disintegration <laughs> all of Wolverine the with nothing but his skeleton behind after yeah. he was killed that's by the great shot. Yeah. So, Iconic, yeah. yeah, so crazy, yeah. Yeah, that's a good shot, too. Um, yeah, I, um, I think probably the thing that I remember most is that cover, for one. And um, to be perfectly honest with you, probably the thing I most remember is about Days of Future Past is the angst that all of us had when they said that they were doing the movie. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I was so the fact, oh god. The fact so that they worked. said they were doing it and I'm like, that does not make me feel good at all. And this is coming off of, you know, first class, which you know, it took me a, a while to even first class, enjoy yeah. that. It took me a while to oh, enjoy right. it. I initially didn't and I'm like, uh they about to run this into the ground and take a sacred comic book storytelling and shit on it. Canadian style. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm like, well, if y'all are going to do this, you better not be wrong. 
Um, and then again, they made a very competent comic book movie. One of my favorites. Uh, I get goosebumps even thinking about it because it's so well done. Um, do we? So, I think feel like we need to like do a, a. We need to be prepared to talk about the movie and the series at the same time. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've seen that movie conservatively twenty times. Um, mm, you know, just wow. from the DVD for just from the DVD portion of it. Um, and my daughter's a big fan of it, so um, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm well versed in it, and I, 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 you know, and it's just it's a good movie, and the books are great too. And just like the Wendigo saga, it's um, just two issues that nobody even thought about. Like, oh yeah, just a two little yeah. issue miniseries, and then, you know, who's had you know ramifications in the comic book, you know, twenty thirty years later. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really good. Um, there's so a, there's a, a similar kind of thing. I, I want to say it's around like maybe 220, 250, but it's mm-hmm. where the sorcerer Cool and Gas takes over Long Island, and mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the cover yeah. has like the crucified Spider-Man all with his yeah mm-hmm. his costume. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's sort of one of those Elseworlds Elseworld story stories. They yeah. drop right in the middle of continuity. It runs for an issue right. or two, and mm-hmm. it's. Awesome. It's a crazy issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the Avengers in it, Spider-Man, yeah. X-Men, everybody, Doctor Strange, mm. everybody's yeah. in it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll we'll chop up Days of Future Past next week. I have actually have I don't have the originals of those again. Once again, if we had them and CGI graded at a different score, we would not be having this conversation on the phone. We'd be having it on the moon. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> all the money that we would have. Um, and uh, I have a I have the trade paperback uh, of those, so uh, we'll get that out. Uh, that one, I actually, I know where it is. I don't have to dig too far for that one. So, cool. All right, so that will wrap up the comic book corner for this week. Um, what do we got coming up? Um, not much. Uh, should be a Brothers Comics podcast this coming weekend uh, with Big Hutch and uh, Female Perspective. Um, and there's probably going to be a uh, Who Day Over 40 podcast here coming up at the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yeah, yeah there. they play on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They run to the playoffs again for the sixth or seventh year in a row and whatever. Uh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we might have to make that a staple of Sunday evenings um, just to kind of get it out of the way. But, um, yeah. Like therapy, oh, right? Well... <laughs> The, the the angst only comes in January now because <laughs> they're good. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, if we could rip Van Winkle the season, I'd be perfectly yeah, okay no, with it. Yeah, wake no up in January. You know, do I have to go through <laughs> all of this drama to see what's going to happen if they're going to win a game in January? Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, the slow build-up is murder, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, cause, and then it just becomes countless story after story. We don't mean nothing until... And, and it's mm-hmm. true. It doesn't mean anything until they do something in the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, yep. Uh, hold on a second. There's a c- c- commercial on... There, there's a Blair Witch sequel? Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the same thing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, they rebooted right. it, I guess. Did you just right, turn on the game? The, I uh, did. Yeah. I yeah, think we all did the same thing. <laughs> I had it the whole time. Out the way. I'm okay, let's, let's, okay. Okay. All right. Let's, let's side brother topic real quick for this. Um, no. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I'm done. Jordan Tweet. Blair with. Did you? Did, I, I don't know. Have you seen it in the last however many years? Did you know how bad Blair Witch Project is as a movie? It's awful. It's always it's been awful. awful. I, I'm just I, I don't need to watch it. I, I don't want to see it. I really don't want to see it. it, it I've, I've it heard is, what I need to hear about it. That movie is terrible. <laughs> you know? Is it? And is I, it anything really to be scared about in the movie? I mean, is it just? No. Yeah, it, that's what I've seen. Yeah. You know. And that movie's terrible. It, 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 it that movie is terrible. Like, <laughs> the, only, terrible. The, the thing, the thing that that movie accomplished, the thing that was different than everything else, was the viral marketing campaign. Yeah, and the and fact, the was yeah, still, that's what it's most, yeah. yeah, the fact yeah. that they they had people thinking it was actually real. I did. Um, I I saw the commercial online, and I was like, oh, this is man, this is crazy, man. You know. But and it's plausible, you know. White people go in the woods all the time and get lost. <laughs> That's plausible. <laughs> that could actually happen. Can you imagine if the Blair Witch Project had some black folks in it? That was Every the shortest day. movie ever. Yeah. Black people have run-ins with cops, and white people get killed by witches in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and when they go? <laughs> exactly. Oh, hey, man. This is yeah. terrible. So I'm like, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing redeemable about that movie. Like, the movie We're all susceptible to our, yeah. <laughs> our, our, our base instincts. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm good. That the black people are like, this movie ain't real realistic because um, yeah. I wouldn't have gone into the woods. That's pretty <laughs> much it. They camping. They, told, they literally told you there was a baby-killing witch in the woods. And you went to find her? What's wrong yeah. with you? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that. It's just like, oh, they going in the woods again? That's basically what I'm looking at this now. Like, wait a minute. It's hot. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how y'all keep going back to the summer camp, man? It's the camp still gets <laughs> the place where they kill people, man. It's Friday the 13th, part seven. Like, You, you can't even first sell a house when somebody died in it, let alone get kids to go there for camp. Man, yeah, exactly. This is terrible. Man, so, yeah, it is. Man. Yeah, I'm good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but basically, yeah, no, that's all I'm saying. And I don't do horror movies to begin with, um, but... Even I didn't think that movie was scary. And I, I think every movie is scary. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They do. And I was like, so he's standing in the corner, and that's how it ends, huh? I know. I was like, that's it? That's it? Because yeah, I had people tell me how it was. And like, yeah. oh, you got to see the end. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, standing in the corner. Did you find some more footage? <laughs> is this setting up a sequel? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I saw it on video DVD. I know when uh, and yeah, female uh, perspective and big hearts and the missus also just made a mention like that. Miss female perspective like that movie. I'm like, yeah, she liked that bullshit. She does, <laughs> and so does I think Hutch does too. And I, I mean. Yeah, they yeah, she's like they swear by that movie. So that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. So mm, like, sounds like be ripping me on Mysterio. 
And he liked that. That's terrible. He liked that bullshit. He liked that bullshit. Anyway, all right. We'll wrap up the the corner this week. Uh, You can find this podcast on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. Uh, and feel free to leave a review, you know, five-star reviews on iTunes. And you can leave comments on the SoundCloud feed as you go through it. Um, and like I said, you can join uh, Big Hotch and uh, Female Perspective and I for the, I guess it would be episode 44 of the Brothers Comments podcast this week. And like I said, there'll probably be a who day over 40 with Big Hotch and Sandman at some point in time this week. Probably. If they win, they lose. Yeah, don't bet yeah, on they win. Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know as well. Don't, don't bet on a podcast this week. So. Yeah, yeah. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm the producer. I'm signing off. Go ahead and sign off, Sandman. All right, y'all. Sandman out. See y'all next week. All right. Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign out. Right. I'll see you in a boot another week. Yeah, in a boot. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, y'all take it easy. Later, Peace. guys. Peace. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.